1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member of FDIC.
0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd ja on Score North and scorenorth.com.
1: Maybe outside of the projected top five, there's some developmental prospects that you know you could bring in and either you know they pan out that could be your quarterback of the future depending on what happens or it becomes good draft capital for you or you know being able to package it with picks in the future do you see a situation maybe on day two early day three where you might want to address that
2: i I would just say this that there's no position that is off limits to going into this draft i'll just leave it at that
0: (laughs) tricky rick (laughs)
2: Oh, man. There's There are five days on the sports calendar, <laughs> the annual sports calendar, that just give me joy and glee. And one of them is Rick Spielman pre-draft press conference day, always 48 hours before the Vikings draft. Judd, you have sat in many of those. Yeah. Uh, if, we could, if we could roll that clip again. And for the visual audience, you can always find our ugly formerly radio faces on uh, Score North YouTube. And Purple Daily YouTube. But I want you to, I want, so Courtney's asking this question. I want you to look at Rick and just see the gears turning. He fades out about three words into her question and knows exactly what stock answer he wants to give. All right, here's the clip again. You
1: know, maybe outside of the projected top five, there's some developmental prospects that, you know, you could bring in and either, you know, they pan out that could be your quarterback of the future, depending upon what happens, or it becomes good draft capital for you, or you know, being able to package it with picks in the future. Do you see a situation maybe on day two, early day three, where you might want to address that?
0: I, I will just say this: that there's no position
2: that is off limits going into this draft. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Isn't it
3: great? Yes.
2: So there are punter, dude. Punters in play. He oh, just and confirmed. So kicker. P- punters and kicker
3: is too. And you know what else is? Long snappers. Long snappers, yep. So, oh, it's in play. He didn't he didn't rule it out. He didn't so, rule it out. Headline, scorn The the Spielman pressure, pre draft pressure, a couple days before the draft starts, always it has got some I, I believe the word is tenants to it. It's got some it's always got the same tenants to it. One is the phone is always ringing. Calls are going both Constantly. ways. The Dude, phone it's... is always the phone the telephone is ringing. That's one thing, okay? The other is there is no position, there is no position that we won't draft. That's another just absolute consistent. See, we I f-
2: could draft any position at any time in any round. You just got to watch.
3: I think the answer to Courtney's question is actually the stock answer for about eight to ten questions. Which yeah, is he comes
2: he comes in with six answers, yes, and just sort of rotates those answers in with regardless of what the questions are, right? Right. Um. By the way, this is Mackie and Judd, and we are gleeful with our executive producer, Declan Goff. We are gleeful to uh to be covering the NFL draft throughout the weekend on the Purple Daily YouTube channel live on Thursday night. It will likely be, according to the Twitter poll I put up last night, my Michael Jordan flu game after my second Pfizer shot, with you guys being like Rodman and I get who was carrying him? Was it was it Pippen? I mean, Judge yeah, the Jordan it. of the show here. Oh, so oh, it would be oh, like if Pippin oh, had the flu. Oh. And like, you've
3: hurt Declan's feelings. Dude,
2: You're clear. You're the coup coach. All right. He's
4: easy. I'd have to go with Steve Kerr. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the game winning shot when you need me
3: the most. <laughs> I'm telling you, here's here's <laughs> your problem. I'm
4: Phil. Outside of that.
3: Here's your problem, Phil. So so the, the shot is tonight. Or what's the shot?
2: The, the shot is tonight at 530 Pacific okay. time, 730 Central time.
3: Oh you might have issues in the morning. I think by tomorrow night, you're fine. Because yeah. I was, I was. So I got the shot. Now I, I got the one and done Johnson and Johnson shot. But I got the shot, and f- after I got the shot, I felt a little bit off. Not bad, but I felt a little bit off. Like that was something's weird. And you just that, pounded those. You pounded those blood clots out. So and then, just, then I, Oh yeah. Oh I. <laughs> no, I just smoothed them through. Swallow. Come yeah. on, blood clot. Good blood clot. Good blood clot. Come on, blood clot. Get <laughs> through there. <laughs> oh, I'm good. Clear. Clear. I Defibrillated myself. So. Then on sat so I got shot on a Friday. Saturday morning I felt awful. And I felt awful like I was getting the flu until about I want to say about 2:30 or 3. And then after that it smoothed out. I didn't feel great, but I was fine. So I think you might be okay. fine by the time the draft actually um commences. So
2: I'm going to I might have to miss out on like our final mock draft shows tomorrow morning. But then I'm gonna take a nap, and then my exactly. alarm's gonna go. My alarm's gonna go off. Yep. Ah, yep. Here we go. Yeah. It's time.
0: <laughs> you
2: want, uh, no? boys, we we we're, we're getting we're getting a flood of final mock drafts from all the big platforms. We're still waiting on Godfather and Todd Father mock, <laughs> but I think we should dive into a pretty prominent platform with an interesting spin here. I okay? want a
3: mock mock.
2: All right, this uh, this upcoming mock draft from CBSSports.com, which is what teams should do, not what they will do or what CBS projects them to do. It's what they should do. Did you say CBS, S- on
3: CBS?
2: CBS. The NFL Draft on CBS. Home of the Masters. <laughs> yes. Where the azaleas are yes. blooming. <laughs> So this mock draft, this I want a mock session is presented by our friends at PXG because you know what? There's going to be a lot of general managers who whiff on Thursday night and are going to have a lot more time to golf in about nine months from now. And uh, that's where we would direct them to PXG, specifically PXG Minneapolis, which is a golfer's paradise. The Gen 4 golf clubs have landed drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons. These are PXG's flagship clubs, and PXG also has the new uh, 0211 golf clubs, which is a full line of high-performance clubs packed with PXG technology and priced a little bit more within reach. PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center, and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. All right, boys, CBS Sports, CBS, The masters. They are telling teams what they should do here. And so we're gonna see what the Vikings should do. Yeah. And then we will we will chime in with what we think the Vikings should do as we collect our thoughts one day before the draft. Trevor Lawrence, number one to Jacksonville. They've got the Jets Whoa. saying that they should they should mm. draft Justin Fields, number two. Your guys' thoughts.
3: Mm. Um I don't know about that one. I yeah. don't I don't know about that might be that might be a little bit of a reach to, to be different. Justin Fields is good, and I do think he should go in the top ten. Wilson, though, he's got some he's got some attributes, and I, I could see being convinced to go with him, which I think the majority of mock drafts are. So I would say that CBS is trying to be very different by having Justin Fields now be in a place where I think the consensus is very easily Zach Wilson. I, here's my
2: take on this. All right, and I, I'm. It's, it's flipping a coin whether, you, whether, whether Zach Wilson or Justin Fields is the guy. I mean, we're all just sitting here projecting, and we'll find out in like three or five years. But I always get a little suspicious when someone, or in this case, two guys, after they're done playing games, when you get into the off-season workouts and the pro days and then the rumors and reports that fly around and the narratives, right, like during narrative season, when draft position drastically changes. And we've had three guys, Mac Jones included, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson were projected really like, if you go into the middle of the season, Zach Wilson was sort of, oh, he could be a mid-first-round pick, and Mac Jones probably like a second-round pick, and Justin Fields was number 2 overall the entire season, and then he and then he lights it up in the college football playoff, right? Yep. And so after the games are done being played, Justin Fields starts to fall, Zach Wilson skyrockets to 2, and Mac Jones skyrockets to 3. Just feels like a, a lot of stock being put into things that aren't happening on the field. So...
3: Mac, jo- take. Mac Jones, I agree completely with you on. It feels like it feels like Wilson started to pivot about halfway through his college year, though, and started to pick up steam. The Mac Jones one, I just don't get. Like, I don't get I don't that get one. It. And it's and I don't look, I think he's a first round pick, but I don't if he goes third, I just think yeah. San Fran I, that strikes me as a potential Trubisky. Ooh, but I like this. So in terms
2: of what they should do, Zach Wilson being on the board, then San Francisco would gleefully pounce on yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Falcons, they say, oh, yeah. uh, CBS says they should take Kyle Pitts. Yeah, there's Bex, be the best yeah. pick. In the draft, yeah, wow, whoa, Bengals whoa. should take Christian Darasaw. Hold on. The explanation is most would take Sewell in this spot, but I think Darasaw would be the best tackle in the class. So, all right. That's a take that he has. Maybe he's right. And then Sewell, Sewell falls to the Dolphins. Okay. Who who should take him, according to CBS? Okay. Lions taking Jamar Chase. Mm hmm. Panthers taking Rashawn Slater. Interesting. Broncos. Wow. Whoa. Broncos
3: taking. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is it, is, it, is, it,
2: is it pronounced Jamin Davis, linebacker what? from Kentucky? Great. Haven't seen him up this high. Great
3: football name. Come on. That's so what they what's should the do. Explanation
2: says, I what like is- Davis more than Micah Parsons, which is why he would be my pick.
3: <laughs> well, all right, cool. How high have it. you seen Jamon Davis? Jamon Davis. Davis. Also, Davis. He'll be a lot,
2: high, be a lot oh, higher playing in Denver. I'll tell oh, you that oh, much. Oh,
3: boy. All right. Keep going. Uh, yep. Patrick all Sertan
2: right. to the Cowboy. But like something like that, I feel like all the mock drafts have been very much the same players in the top 15. Something like that will almost certainly happen, right? Just a guy who's not at all projected to be in the top 15, according yeah, but, to Kuiper.
3: Stop for a second. If I'm not mistaken, we have not had Trey Lance taken yet, correct? That is correct. Okay. Denver would take Trey Lance. Uh, they got Drew Locke.
2: Also, Mac Jones is not gone either. Yeah.
3: But I mean, Trey, if Trey Lance is there, the Broncos would. So, sorry, Dex. I, all due respect to Drew Lock. I think you can move on from Drew Lock. Also,
2: they would just trade back. If they're not going to take Lance there, they would trade yeah. back to someone who would, right? Anyway. Okay, okay Devontae Smith going to the Giants. J.C. Horn going to the Eagles. Yep. Caleb Farley to the Chargers, Ooh, and so that means here. we're sitting here at pick fourteen. Mac Jones is available. Trey Lance is available. Any number of edge rushers are available. I mean, I would take I, if it, if it gets to this point, what should the Vikings do? They should take Trey Lance.
3: I think. Yep, I think so. So, yes, if Trey yes if someone's going if they're going to allow Trey Lance to sit there till fourteen, I take Trey Lance. And there it is with the
2: 14th pick, cbssports.com. It's the first time I've seen this. I did not scroll down earlier when I saw this on the interwebs. It says, the Vikings should take Trey Lance. Kirk Cousins has a bloated cap number next year, so why not prepare for life after him? Lance could use a year of seasoning, so it makes sense that this would be the pick for the future. Uh, so Vikings taking Lance, and then I'm assuming that the yeah, Mac Jones then would go to the Patriots. In this scenario. All right. All right, boys. Your thoughts on that scenario playing out. I want
3: to mock. Mock. <laughs> is that what the Vikings should do? It's what the Vikings should do. It's what the Vikings won't do. And Trey Lance ain't getting to 14. I don't think these these QBs, aside. the only guy that I think if he's not taken by San Fran could free fall, and I don't care, is the Bama kid. Other than that, everybody goes, right? Justin Fields, I'm sorry. I think it's all a smokescreen. I think teams and and the pro- – so here's my question. Here's my question. If you're a professional mocker, Phil Mackey and Declan Goff, why do you buy in so hard to the smokescreens? Like is it because you want to say, well, I talked to fifteen GMS and they told me that Justin Fields had a had a bad big toe that uh, has affected him since he was uh, three years old. Like, why <laughs> do you buy every year the same crap? I mean, I've been covering this draft forever; it feels like, and every year the same bleep happens, right? Like, why are we? Why do the mock drafters buy into? Oh, Justin Fields. I, I think he's going to get to fifteen now. Like answer me that question. Don't don't you yeah. at some point in time get your mock draft degree and and are like you're full of crap.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I mean this is the other thing too. Most of these mock drafts are 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 picking at slot, so to speak. Like they're not doing trades. And when you have this many quarterbacks that are projected to be potential top fifteen prospects, you're going to have trades, right? Yes, you're going to have you're going to have teams move up into the top ten. I mean. Hell, to get Pat Mahomes, the Chiefs had to move up, like, what, 15 s- slots or something or 17 slots to get up into the top 10, wherever they picked Pat Mahomes. Yep. I, I So I think in terms of what the Vikings should do, I think, I think they're planning for three main scenarios. Scenario number one would be if the first, like, 13 picks in front of them are offense heavy, where let's say five quarterbacks come off the board early, all three of the top wide receivers – Three offensive tackles and then Kyle Pitts. Let's say, let's say those twelve offensive players come off the board in the first thirteen picks. If if they're planning for that scenario, then I think defense is the pick at fourteen or a trade back. A trade back is always, I would say, likely with Rick Spielman sure. because really, like, are you going to take the thirteenth guy off the offensive side of your board, or are you going to take the first or second best defensive player off that side of your board? I think the value there would be defense, and that's what the Vikings would do. So that's the one scenario they're planning for. I think, I think the second scenario is if one of those three offensive tackles falls, it's probably just like, I think anyways, it should just be a no brainer. Whoever their top three offensive tackles are, hmm? if they've got the, if one of those guys falls to 14, that's a scenario that I'm sure they're planning for. But the third scenario, as laid out on CBSsports.com, CBS. 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 Is if one of these quarterbacks falls, I'm sure they've done a bunch of simulations where, okay, guys, I know we need meat and potatoes. We need a we need a left tackle. We need a guard. Uh, we need an edge rusher. But what if Trey Lance or Justin Fields falls to us? What do we do? What do you think their answer is to that scenario 24 hours before the draft starts? I think it should be pull the trigger and draft one of those guys. What do you think their answer is to that equation
3: as they have it laid out right now? I think their answer is this. They need to win now, okay? A quarterback does not help that, not right now. They also don't have a second-round pick. If a trail, Let's just say, and I don't think it's going to happen, but let's just say Trey Lancer Justin Fields gets to 14, and the Vikings have a chance to pick that player. I think you would have a quarterback-desperate team, i.e. a Washington, who I believe has a second-round pick, who would come up and make you an offer that the Vikings personally would love and would get you that second-round pick back. So I think that's how it would play out. It's fun to talk about um, potentially taking a Lancer Fields. I personally would do that but i think you have to weigh fair or not the pressure on this administration currently to win immediately and if you take a quarterback you are almost saying we're safe now if they've been told behind it the scenes you know what <clears throat> if you win 8 6 to 8 games we don't care that changes the dynamic but if they are if they're under the intense pressure that we expect which is mike you have to get back to the playoffs I think the scenario is they would trade back. They would get a second round pick. They, they would keep a first round pick, um, and adjust from there. That's what I think. And
2: and I think uh, to me that scenario is something that you talk to the Wilfs about, right? Isn't that part of your yeah. planning in the last couple of weeks? Say, all right, guys, listen, just I want, 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 we're going to be good employees here. We're going to keep our bosses in the loop and get your feedback. Uh, We're going to manage up here, all right? Mark, Ziggy, let's get on a Zoom call here, and let's talk about this. So obviously, to help this year's team, offensive line, defensive line, those are immediate needs and also things that are just good to have, uh, whether you're rebuilding or trying to win. Like You want great players in the trenches, and so we've mapped out for those two scenarios. But the third scenario we need your blessing on, if Justin Fields or Trey Lance, or Mac Jones, but let's say Justin Fields Trey Lance, if those guys fall to 14, we need your blessing that we can pull the trigger on a quarterback of the future that won't help us potentially at all in 2021. So we might lose a game or two more than we ordinarily would because we're not helping this year's team. Are you guys going to be patient with us and and ride this thing out for a five-year rookie-scale contract window, which is the reason why we would draft this quarterback? And sure. if And if their answer is well, we really need to be putting eggs in the 2021 basket, then they just would flat out not draft a quarterback, right? Then they would just trade back to save their jobs and to to get value for 2021. But I think that would be the wrong answer by ownership. If you have a chance to get a 10-year quarterback, even if it's only like a 40% chance he pans out and there's a 60% bust rate, right? You have to flip that coin sometimes, and the Vikings really don't.
4: And look at what Green Bay did last year. We all mocked them, right? We all mocked them for taking Jordan Love. And you know what? We might be mocking them a year from now when Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback there. But they needed a piece last year to win now, right? They needed a piece to help Aaron Rodgers win now. He wanted Justin Jefferson. He obviously wasn't there. They still could have gotten a wide receiver. They didn't make that trade to move up. So they took a quarterback. So they did not get a win now player. And they were on the doorstep of going to the Super Bowl. So I, I know the Packers, look, we can mock them for that Jordan Love pick, but at the same time, they took a quarterback there when they needed a win-now player to help Rodgers, and it still worked out for them. And Jordan Love could still be their quarterback of the future.
2: Well, you could you could argue both ways. You could say it worked out for them and that they were a Super Bowl contender, but you could also say, well, if they would have had just a Justin Jefferson-caliber player, they, they, they would the have Super won Bowl. the Super Bowl. True. And I still mock them because it is ridiculous when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to draft his replacement when you're in a Super Bowl window window. Yep. (laughs) I'm
4: just a a closet Packer fan. I just wanted to bring
3: that back to the show. So I clearly, I think there's only one way tomorrow that would indicate to us that, that the Vikings have drastically um, altered the course and are after a QB. And it's, it would be Lance. I think it would be Lance fields, but not uh, Mac Jones. The only way that I think that we we would see a seismic shift is if why they have been trying to trade up, which we know that they were, and for all we we know they might still be trying to do, Phil, would be to take a QB. So, like, if the quarterback fell to them at 14, I don't have a lot of confidence that they wouldn't trade back and take that guy. If they trade up, my initial inclination would be that they're afraid that they're not going to get in on the offensive tackle party. But the other thought process would be, have they definitely decided to be incredibly proactive and, and let's say, try and make a trade with the Dolphins to take Lance or Field? So if they're still trying to trade, that would actually change the dynamic there.
2: Love it. Love it. We are one day away from the NFL drafts. Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily are going to be all over it the rest of the week. And you can find our live NFL draft Vikings draft special on the Purple Daily YouTube channel tomorrow night. And we're going to so we're just going to hang out. We're going to enjoy a couple of beverages and we're going to watch the draft play out and speculate along with you guys. And then once the Vikings make their pick. We will quickly transition to uh, Vikings vet line right (laughs) in the middle of our live stream and we'll welcome people into the show. So, all right, we're going to we're going to take a deep breath and make (sighs) our final predictions before the NFL draft. Twins can't win a game. We'll see if there's some twins predictions. Write that down in an accountability session coming up next on Mackie and Judd.
0: Yeah, most sports talking
2: heads make predictions. Then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Jot. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible
0: predictions.
1: Write that
0: down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Jot.
2: Yep. We're the only group in all of sports media that has the cojones. To actually keep track of our predictions, batting averages, we put our reputations on the line every single time we do this segment, boys. The pressure, really. I mean, our livelihoods are on the line every time we have a wrong prediction. This sounds like a bad idea, actually, then. (laughs) Maybe we should stop doing the segment (laughs) before our bosses find
3: out how low our batting averages are. Yeah, well, (laughs) some of us don't have to be concerned, and some of us have to be very concerned. Let's just put it that way.
2: Well,
3: actually, there's a... Let's just say there's a lot of movement,
2: a lot of a lot of yeah. action this week. I'm excited Ooh. for the accountability session. So write that down, and by the way, we're gonna get uh last minute replacement here. Cooper, our friend from UMD, is gonna jump in as the guest listener predictor. But this write that down session is powered by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So, you know, Federated is here preaching safe driving. We should all really be preaching safe driving. It always drives me nuts when people are reckless on the roads. Forty-three thousand Americans died in car crashes in 2020, which, even though there were fewer people on the roads, that's more than died in 2019. So uh, there's a lot of things happening outside of our control right now, but how we drive is really not one of them. We can control how safe we are in cars. So for your safety, for the people around you, let's all remember to drive safely. The My Shield portal at FederatedInsurance.com has great safe driving resources for you and also for your employees if you're a business owner out there. Federated Insurance where it's our business, to protect yours. All right, here's how it works, Write it
0: down. You like writing things down.
2: Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And if you want to be part of the segment, you can send a DM uh, either on Twitter or Instagram to at Phil Mackey or at Dex's tweets. And on Instagram, he's at uh, the underscore Dexter Mm -hmm. if you want to be part of the action here. Should we jump right into the accountability session here? Any any words from anyone before we rip the band aid off? No,
4: I'm excited. I'm you
2: excited. should be, actually. Yeah, you I should am. be excited. I'm very excited. Week. So, Judd Zolgad, who has been uh, the Mike Trout of Write That Down, the reigning defending batting average and home run champion. Great run for me.
3: Wow. Oh, too wrong. Oh, that's only too wrong, though. It's slipping well, for you, though. It's slipping. Oh, we are no, 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 no. Speak for yourself, Mister Zolga. We yeah. are. It's slipping a little bit, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to to be followed up by a closed clubhouse. We're going to meet. <laughs> we're going to talk. <laughs> Look, I am working my ass off right now. On write that down, okay? To quote Rocco Baldelli, and I am. You know what? It's just a rough stretch right now, but it'll be fine.
2: Why don't you uh, maybe you should have Alex Calame, uh predict a couple for you in some low leverage predictions? No, that's not, See that's not how I manage. That's <laughs> not
3: so, how uh, I manage.
2: So, you said mm-hmm. the Vikings, you're you're regressing to the mean a little bit here. You said the Vikings will sign a free agent left tackle before the draft. Now, if they sign one in the next 24 hours, there's a, there's a few like before the draft things in today's session sure. that we're going to take off the board. I just don't, I don't, I don't know why they would do that before the draft at this point. Uh, and then you said the NFL will change the fumble was, out of the end zone rule this offseason. I feel good and about this still. The fumbling team will no longer yeah. lose possession. It is the dumbest rule in football. I was right, though. So that's, I feel justified. Yeah, the NFL came out with their updated rules list and it did not include a change in this area. It is so stupid. It is so stupid. It doesn't
3: dumb. make any
4: sense. But Like, what would be it? Like, a loss of down, though? Like, what would be the other way to. To, to do it like it
3: just you just repeat you can't just repeat the play like I don't think you know well I mean no, but put the could, but you don't lose possession sure no I agree there's with no that. reason to lose possession of the ball
2: I mean I think there's a million things you could do I mean could the ball could the ball go back to the 10 or something sure. or could it yeah I mean there's got to be a solution it's that over not top losing the ball exactly.
3: exactly all right
2: all right all right I had a couple things come off the board I told you guys the twins would score at least seven runs in a game between last week's write that down and this week's. So I think they did it that night. They did. That day. And you almost
3: mistaken. said 10, which which would have been that's a, a home run.
2: Yeah, that's the game they lost like 13-12 to 12 or something yes. in Oakland. And Alex Colomay blew uh, the save twice. Well,
3: don't. <laughs> yeah. Mm, it's a
2: his week. For him. <clears throat> uh, and then I said at least one of these three men, Zimmer, Spielman, and Cousins, would no longer be on the Vikings when the 2021 <laughs> draft Right? Whoops. Hit the wrong button there. Okay. <laughs> So unless mm-hmm. un- unless Zimmer gets f- – maybe there's a huge falling out over the 14th pick and Zimmer gets canned like right before the – Home run out.
3: then if you <laughs> get it right.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at this point. oh, All boy. right, listeners had a bunch of things come off the board. So Josh – this was a bunt single for all bunt singles, Josh, but we'll give you credit. You said there will be three or more Dick Bramergasms this season, <laughs> meaning like he gets really excited for a home run that isn't a home run and uh, i'll trust him he's been keeping track there's been i've heard, i've heard two for sure this season two nights ago and
3: okay in cleveland there there was a cleveland player who hit a ball into the netting foul but it did look fair and because dick is is watching the game on tv from here he got really excited he's like there's a home run oh no it's not yeah so so uh so he he and <laughs> congratulations
2: josh it's correct Okay, Cooper said, and by the way, I think this may be the same Cooper. I don't know for sure, but we'll find out in a minute. That the Wild and the Wolves uh, would both make the playoffs in the upcoming season. Well, the Wild are going to make the playoffs. The Wolves are just running out of runway. And the Western Conference is lucky that there's not about 25 more games, okay, for this rabid winning franchise. Three straight wins. Uh, Simon had a parlay. He said, on the next TV contract, the NFL and Major League Baseball will be on... ABC and the NHL will be on Fox. Well, the NHL just decided on ESPN and Turner as their broadcast partners. Good moves. And I don't think there's room for Fox. Yeah, no. you guys, are you guys happy with that, you two I am. puck heads? Oh, it would be great,
3: I mean, yeah. I, I,
4: I did want the glow puck back on Fox, but I, I'll, I'll take this. This <laughs> the is fine. glow puck was never coming back, Declan. I'm sorry. They're ahead of their time. <laughs> They're ahead of their
2: time. Uh, yeah, and it sucked. Speak for
4: yourself.
2: Uh, Jared said this was a five-league parlay for soccer. I'll kind of sort of start at the back. International (laughs) soccer. He had Bayern Munich winning Bundesliga. I believe they're leading. He had Atletico Madrid winning La Liga. Juventus winning Serie A. And Paris Saint-Germain winning League One. And I believe all of those are sort of in line to happen. However... He had Tottenham winning the English Premier League, and they are like 25 points back with about a handful of games to go. Mathematically impossible. Didn't they fire the gaffer? Didn't Tottenham fire the gaffer? They may have. It's been a very tumultuous season for Hotspur and Hotspur fans. Oh, boy, look at this. Look at that. This is one of the best weeks of the season for any of us. Declan Goff had three things come off the board. Uh, number one, you said between now and the start of the next NBA season, there will be a credible website who revisits the 2020 NBA draft. And Jaden McDaniels will be listed as a top 10 pick of the redraft. And so, what, TheAthletic.com already did yeah, this they did this it, week? it did it
4: one week after I predicted it. Yes. So.
2: Amazing definitely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said the twins will score at least 25 runs between last week and this week's write that down sessions. I saw you tweeting you did the oh. math and this did happen. Yes
4: they had they had 12 on the Wednesday and then I think two two zero two two three so literally right at 25 oh hit it hit literally 25 runs. Thank you Byron Buxton.
2: That was a grind right it there. Was. And then you said Miguel Sano will land on the injured list this season before Byron Buxton does. Boy, they were both just limping
3: uh, to ooh. the... That, that right. was a neck-and-neck neck race. Yeah. That was Man. an exciting race between two a
4: horses. Of, a lot of 3-2 counts that I'm winding up with hits here.
2: <laughs> and so here are oh. the updated stats. Judd Zolged clinging to the batting title lead with a four hundred average and one home run. Declan's up to three seventy-two with a league-leading two home runs. Listeners at 256 with no home runs, and I, Phil Mackey, have a 222 average with one home run. All time stats we've been tracking these since 2018. Judd with 156 hits and nine home runs. I have 118 hits and 11 home runs. Listeners 98 hits and nine home runs, closing on uh, they're closing in on 100 career hits as a group. And Declan with 47 hits and four home. Run so there is your accountability session. Write it down. You See like Minnesota Twins? This is how you break out of
4: a slump. Jorge Polanco, Mitch Garvey, Want you to take some notes here. This is how you break out of a slump.
2: This is how you do it. All right, let's get our guy in here. Guest listener predictor Cooper. What's going on, Cooper? You're hanging out in your in your dorm at UMD right now.
0: Yeah, and that previous one was me. The uh, Wolves and Wild. Can't okay, we got gonna... bought into the Wolves hype there.
2: Well, <laughs> I, no, I think I think you were right. The season, you know, listen, the sure. season on, got cut it. short. Uh, I think if the Wolves had, like, 40 more games, the Western Conference would be in trouble here. So,
0: Right, uh, right, right. Are you skipping class to do this with us right now? No. Luckily, class has ended yesterday, so I'm available to be here. Okay.
3: <laughs> okay.
2: All right, so here's how this is going to work. We're going to go around the room three times. We'll start with Cooper, and then Judd, Declan, back to me, Phil. Three trips around. Predictions must be quantifiable. Cooper, lead us up. Write
0: this down. All right. Um Alex Colomay will end the season with more blown saves than saves for the twins.
2: No faith. You guys, it's a long
3: season. He's been a reliable reliever. Cooper's onto something here.
0: Write it down. You like writing things down.
3: I'm going to come off the top rope on this one. Oh boy. Alex Colomay will be DFA'd by the twins this season. He will be designated for assignment. (laughs) He won't get the chance. He won't get the chance to complete the year. At some point in time before we're done here. He, now, now, that doesn't mean he'll be gone for sure, because th- then, of course, if he's not claimed, but he will be designated for assignment at some point during the course of the season.
2: Okay. All right. I think. All right. Sometimes. right. I'll just. I'll save it. <laughs> I'll, write that down. I'll save it. Uh,
0: I'll save it.
4: Okay, Declan. All right. Uh, the Twins will win their next two series against Kansas City and Texas. KC is a three gamer, Texas is a four gamer. Well, I'm going to say, though, the Twins will win their next two series against the Kansas City Royals and Texas Rangers.
2: See, I just want to say, all right, Declan and I... Write it down. You like writing things down. ...are going to be tracking today. I feel like sometimes you, sometimes people go a little too aggressive toward a trend that's happening, and I think Declan and I sense that there's going to be some trends shifting mm-hmm. with the Twins. And so I'm going to say this about Alex Calame. Write this down. At some point in the next... Month, So I'll say by the end of May, just to make it easy for you, e. Declan. Okay. By the end of May, Alex Colome will string together at least four straight scoreless outings. Okay. So my, I want to tell you that he's going to get back on track. He will string together at least four straight scoreless outings between now and at some point between now and the end of May. Okay. And – uh and I'm saying scoreless in terms of runs that are attributed to him. Like if he if he comes in, yep. so for instance, he if he comes in runs. with the, with the bases loaded and Tyler Duffy has loaded the bases, right? And he and he gives up a bases clearing triple, and yep. those three runs are attributed to Tyler Duffy. Yep. That counts for, for me. sure. If he strands that runner at third, or if base. he's
3: pl- playing for the Saints by May fifteenth, <laughs> that doesn't count, right? Well, he didn't. I mean, technically, I didn't say just like what he lights team. out for he didn't the Saints by the team. I DFA that too. not claimed. And then he's with the Saints. I am, not, I am not
2: specifying a team or a league. All I'm telling you is four so if straight. So he goes to the Mexican league straight.
3: and string bringing together four consecutive scoreless outings, he's in great shape.
2: Listen, man, I'm in last place in the batting average race <laughs> yeah, here, so no, I no, just need to miss. Write
0: it down. Him, you like writing just things Just ask down.
3: questions, you know, just friends talking. <laughs>
0: All right, back to Cooper, your second prediction. All right, boys. So... I got to ask the Larry, the Larry Brown prediction that is off the board completely, right? Yes. Finally.
2: Uh, Jud, Judge Judd's Larry Brown prediction is off the board. Yes.
0: All right. Tell me if this is illegal now, but segments just not the same without it. So I got to say, thank you. Larry Brown will coach again.
3: <laughs>
0: I love it.
2: I love it. And it'll, it'll, Brown. it'll stay on the board. Back. We'll coach so, again. so Larry Brown will He's coach on again. The clock
3: again, either coaching or death. <laughs>
2: He, yep. he either has to coach Unwin. again or die for this to come off the board. That's awesome. I'll tell you what, we're gonna have to do a Larry Brown tribute show if that dude passes away at some point. I think we in might have to like name the bat yet.
4: like name the bat after him or something we give out at the end of the year. We'll have to just like name it the Larry <laughs> We've Brown lost Award.
2: The bat, but or like yeah,
4: one we prediction that like was the long or the longest lasting prediction of the year or something. Like we have to do we'll do something where the Larry Brown Award goes to someone. <laughs>
3: I love it. Write it it down. You like writing things down. We're keeping the dream alive. All right, back to Judd. All right, continuing on the thread with my twins, doom and gloom, because it's all falling apart. The twins will make a change at hitting coach this season. They will fire the hitting coach. His name is Edgar, is it? Varela, V-A-R-E-L-A, V-A-R-E-L-A. It's not
2: going to work here anymore. He will
3: be be, because the move du jour in baseball in 2021 is not to fire immediately the pitching coach or manager. It's the hitting coach. So I think that with the Twins' offensive woes, the hitting coach will pay the price and be fired.
2: Is there a better and more sort of – I guess is is there a more irrelevant scapegoat in sports firings than firing the hitting or no. pitching coach of a baseball team? You
3: know, I think the pitching coach is a better guy to fire if you don't like that end of things, but I think the I think you're right. I think when you fi- when you like it's always the default, right? The Cubs I think have done it, the Mets, Yankees, the offense ain't going well. What should we do?
2: Let's fire the hitting coach. Yeah, and it's just a, it's so an easy right. way to buy, like, 30 free days of the media and fans getting off your back. Like, okay, we got to give the new hitting coach some time <laughs> to work with these guys. All right. So true. All right. Okay. Write it
0: down. You like writing things down. Put the pitchforks down
2: for a second. Okay, Declan. <laughs> All
4: right. Byron Buxton will be top five in the American League in home runs by the All-Star break. So right now, Byron leading the MLB, I believe, in home runs right now. He has seven. Wow. Or at least is pacing the American League. But Byron Buxton will be top five in the American League in home runs by the All Star break.
2: So he will he will continue his power surge. Yeah, him and Cruz both have seven on the season. Uh, let's see if there's a home I run. I think
4: there's like everyone on the Reds right now is like leading the National League. It seems like they're just hitting a ton of bombs. So I wasn't. I'm just going to go with the American League. I didn't want to go with uh, all encompassing. So you're
2: saying you're saying American League, yep. American yep. League. Okay. I've written down. Just to, to officially get the standings here, it looks like, yeah, there's some guys in the National League that are hitting bombs. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Uh, Acuna and ha- okay. Acuna, Hoskins, and Ryan McMahon from Colorado, all of eight. And then there's like ten guys with seven home runs, including Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton. So he's right in there, one off the – Write it
0: down. You like writing things down.
2: Major league lead. Okay, another Twins prediction. Write this down. The Twins will play 500 baseball or better between now and next week's. Write that down. So they will play 500 baseball. I think they have six games, something like that. Yeah, so uh, they'll go three and three or better. They'll play 500 baseball or better between now and next week's. Write that down. And by the way, I don't want to say three and three because if a game gets rained out, so just just 500 baseball or better mm-hmm. between now and next week's.
0: Write that down. All right. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Cooper, your final prediction. All right, I'm going to go specific draft prediction for the Vikings here. Fields will be available at 14. The Vikings will trade back with the Saints and take defensive end Jason Owa from Penn State at 28, I think it is.
2: Wow. That's wow, okay. So so, yeah. so you're saying they're – say that again. Just let me get that sure. in my head.
0: So Fields will be on the board at 14 when the Vikings come up. They will trade back to 28 with the Saints, who will then take Justin Fields and the Vikings will, at 28, draft Jason Oa out of Penn State wow. defensive end. Wow.
2: That is good. Uh, that, that is a home run. A, it <laughs> I'm curious if that does happen. What draft picks do the Saints have here in 2021? So they would have, because I mean, to move up that many spots would be a haul. Right. So they've got the 60th, they got, they've got a second round pick, they've got two third round picks. I would think for that to happen, the Saints would have to give up next year's first. And probably this year's second. Gotta get a second. I mean, to move up to move up fourteen mm-hmm. spots in the first round. Like,
3: didn't yeah. Peyton tr- trade away like a huge part of their draft last year? I, I felt like they traded away a huge portion for like a for like a third round pick or something. Well, they so I mean, it does make they sense cur- that they would give you a lot. They currently
2: have a first, second, third, third, fourth, no fifth, a sixth, and two sevenths. So they're they're pretty stocked. They've got plenty of draft picks. I like that one. Uh Cooper, since you're sitting here and you've got this life-changing platform right now, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank?
0: Yeah, this part's always weird. Some people either like make a joke or go on to thank their entire family they've ever known, so i guess i'll just I'll just thank you guys for providing content every day it's It's great to listen to, so thanks to you guys. We appreciate very it. Kind and uh, you. if
2: you want to come on again and thank your entire family next time, <laughs> yeah, some you're, uh, you're cousins one of our favorite predictors. Go right yeah. In. yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Thanks, right. guys. That's Cooper hanging out in his dorm at UMD here. All right, Judd, your third
3: prediction.
0: Write this down.
3: Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov will get votes for the NHL's wow. Hart Trophy as league MVP. Wow, wow, he dude. will get votes. I'm not saying he's going to win, and I'm not saying how many, to be very clear. But he's going to get votes for the Hart oh. Trophy.
2: What are they? Um, how, how, what, what's on the ballot? Is it ten? You get yeah, to vote like for ten, 10 players. I think it's ten, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So he's going to get vote. I mean, I think he has to.
2: Yeah, yeah. I could see him show. I mean, sometimes people misconstrue it like that. That he be getting a first place vote. No, no. He could easily get a ninth place. Exactly. vote. Exactly. I don't care Somewhere. where. I don't oh. care where
3: where the votes are. He's just going to fall last, on the ballot. Last year somewhat.
2: there was a lot of
3: guys tied here. It was more than nine. Okay, I mean, there,
4: there's probably I feel at least very safe a, a dozen or so on here. That I got. Those. I feel
3: very safe that this J- is going to be a hit.
4: J T. Miller of the Canucks last year got a Hart Trophy vote, so mm. yes, I believe Kirill Kaprizov should get one. I like that one. I like that one. Cool. It. All right,
2: Dex. All right, Dex. All
4: right, I have a Minnesota Wild, one. it's kind of a bunt single, but I don't really care. Um, the Minnesota Wild will not require a game seven in their first round playoff series. So the Minnesota Wild will not require a game seven in their first round playoff series.
3: So win or lose? Yeah, win or lose. it Dude, just won't go seven. Will, they
4: will not go seven. They will not require gotcha. a game 7 in the first round of their playoff series.
3: Okay. all
4: right I hope there's a game 7. I, I, I love game seven. I would, per, I want so a game you're 7. you the whisper of game 7. I want seven, a game. Phil. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Mm-hmm. Puck here.
3: Nino we right. will score the mm-hmm. winning goal. All
2: right, final prediction here. I'm going to continue my I'm going to continue my uh, optimism and maybe this is pessimism, depending on which way you're looking at it, for the Minnesota Timberwolves, who've won three straight games for the first time all year, they are 19-44 and 44 on the season. Write this down. The Timberwolves will not finish the season with one of the three worst records in the NBA. And why that's significant, the NBA lottery is different now than it was about five years ago. The top three worst teams have the same percentage at the top of the... Uh, of the ping-pong table, and so for them to have the best percentage chance to keep their p- top three protected pick, it's a 40% chance to keep the pick if they have one of the three worst records, but they're so hot, they're so good right now, and they're beating the Jazz, and uh, Houston was tanking last night. I think they're going to emerge out of the bottom three, and they will All have right. a lower percentage, like a 36% chance or something to keep that pick, but we will see this nucleus gelling, and so we won't be quite as devastated by
3: it. Oh, I still will that. be. Oh yeah no. I'll be very So upset, how about this?
2: Tankathon.com has all these different trends of like the worst teams in the NBA. So the last 10 game re- the, the record of uh, in the last 10 games for the worst teams in the NBA. Yep. Houston 1 and 9, Orlando 1 and 9, Oklahoma City 1 and 9. Wolves 6 and 4. <laughs> Cleveland 2 and 8. Toronto 3 and 7 or I'm sorry, Sacramento 3 and 7. So all these teams are doing a great job of tanking. And the wolves are throttling down yeah. the ro- at the right or or wrong
3: time. The Rockets were not going to win that game if it was the last thing that the Rockets did last night.
0: <laughs> yeah. like they were. They, just uh, like, they we're had they had winning. the lead
2: in the third, and they were like, "Oh my God, we got to get rid of this lead. <laughs> this is not working for us." Um, so, all right, write that down. Predictions uh, also presented in part by our friends at Dennis Kirk. And denniskirk.com, and that's actually Dennis Kirk's been powering our Twins discussions too, which we might have to put on hold until they win a game. I mean, they need to be put on timeout at some point. If they had a team meeting yesterday,
3: like what do you mean?
2: Yeah, we're, we'll get into that here in a second. So Dennis Kirk is uh, is the the top supplier in terms of if you're riding a Harley, a sport bike, a, a, a sport bike, or a metric cruiser, you'll find what you need at denniskirk.com. One hundred sixty thousand parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day, plus shipping is free on orders over $89. The best in the business, DennisKirk.com, everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. I mean, what is even left to say about this Twins team right now? They're Alex The my favorite thing off yesterday, I know that they ultimately they were losing in the eighth inning anyways, but it was a one-run game. Correct me if I'm wrong, when they yep. brought Alex Colomay in and then he implodes once again, and before the game, Rocco Baldelli literally said, we're going to scale his work back. He's only going to pitch in low leverage situations. Okay, he's in a one-run game in the eighth inning. I know that it was the bottom of the lineup, but like, why? What, what's the disconnect with Rocco right now? Why is he saying before the game, hey, we're going to protect this guy. We're just going to scale him back here, get him right. And then, he, boom, he throws him back out there. In the eighth
3: inning of a one-run game, explain that to me. This is why. This is why the Twins, to me, very much are interesting still to talk about because it makes no sense. Because it's <laughs> because this is weird. Like if the Twins just stunk and they had stunk for a while, then yes, I, I agree. I'm done. You know, I don't care at that point in time. But Phil, this is like the disintegration of like what's going on here. What what is the disconnect with? I'm sorry, but I still come back to. Rocco, forgetting uh, two games ago the amount of times that his team had been out to the mound and he has to take out a pitcher he didn't want to take out, uh, stating that, I mean, kalame has been a disaster, okay? Ordinarily, when you've been a disaster, which means you basically, I mean, he can't throw strikes. He cannot consistently throw strikes. Ordinarily, you take that guy to the bullpen, right, I think, and you work with him, and you try and get him back, and then you bring him in in, let's say, uh, the sixth of a game on Friday night. Not immediately come back last night and pitch him in a, to your point, one-run game. So I think that this this team right now, as, as discouraging as the record is and as their play is, is very intriguing to talk about. Because for the life of me, I can't figure out what's Going on here, and Rocco post game talks to the team, and he comes out and talks about it. And Phil, he makes it sound like, oh man, I mean, they're trying really hard, but I mean, it's just a very bizarre thing. Yeah, we had we had actually had the clip of it.
2: But I have to acknowledge for our group, um,
4: these guys have been busting their ass, and the way we've been losing games, just the feel out there on the field is is very tough. It's very tough to handle. It's very tough on a group. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss that when we're talking to our players. They're the ones going through it out there on the field every single night, and it has not been. It has not been easy in, in any way.
3: It's all very bizarre to me. Yeah,
2: I, I, I'm, I'm torn between a few things here. I think the the biggest thing I'm curious about is how a team that was so ridiculously good offensively two years ago. And it's not like you know, they, they lost Eddie Rosario, but they've since then they've added Josh Donaldson. Alex Kirloff is new to the lineup, so we'll see how his bat plays, but he's got a couple hits now, so he's he's making some contact and I think he's I think he's gonna figure it out. Sure. But how does a lineup that on paper is basically the same as it was two years ago look so inept? And it was it's not just the first month of this season, too. There were stretches last year where they couldn't score runs and they weren't they weren't a great offense last year either. Right. What's different? I know that the ball is different. What's different? And, and and their hitting coach is different. Um, are those two things enough to make them just a putrid, inept offense outside of the three hitters that are performing well or maybe four this season? No, they, they literally have gone from one of the most prolific offenses in Major League history to being unable to score a run in extra innings when you start with a runner on second base. Five times. Yes. And they
3: have small sample size, I I get it, but and Phil, they have guys who look lost. Mm -hmm. It's not they're not slumping. I I mean at some point in time we have to stop saying, Well, we all know that Garver can hit. Do we really? He had one good year and he's a disaster. Ryan Jeffers is an out. He is a disaster. Miguel Sano was hitting one eleven. And we were celebrating the fact he was walking a lot. Is that what we really want? Is that the Minnesota takeaway? Well, he's turned into an on-base machine. I don't care. He can no longer hit the baseball consistently. Mm -hmm. And the scary thing about this is what you said. There are some guys who are going really well. Byron Buxton is tearing it up. And it doesn't matter. But what's weird about, let's go back and, and just dissect a little bit what Rocco said. Didn't it sound weird to you? Like, it's almost like he's like, well, I mean, they're working hard and, and, and we're losing games. And, okay, I get the fact that you've lost tough games, but I know exactly why. I know who's struggling. I know that, that Rocco's had really bad games and, and his decisions have turned out to be flawed. Like, I can identify, I could go in and talk to that team right now and say, you're working hard, but it ain't working and here's why. Yeah. And and he almost makes it sound like well they're working really hard and I mean it's just it's gut wrenching and well yeah but there's a very specific reason why these things are defeats. Here's what I worry about a little bit with this with Rocco and that it's it's not
2: that hard to be a front running manager like when you have a great team and they get off to a great start and everything's and you're going to have some ebbs and flows throughout a season but you get off to a great start and you're mostly out in front in the division, and the and the bats are mostly hot, and Maeda starts the season great last year, right? You can, you can be the chill, all right, we're going to make everyone comfortable manager, right? We're going to no batting practice before day games. I just want to make sure we don't upset the apple cart here because things are working out really well. But the reality is in baseball, sometimes you get off to bad starts or you have – Clubhouse turmoil, and I'm just speculating on this it's it's my personal belief that there's some things happening behind the scenes in terms of like the the, the twins were one of what were were one of the teams that didn't reach the eighty five percent vaccine threshold, which would have loosened covid protocols, meaning like you can you can go out to bars or you can walk around without a mask i don't know what what all the protocols are, but like they're loosened for some teams mm-hmm. that i think think about in your workplace if you had a split and I'm not even like forget about taking sides if you had a philosophical split on something that affected the life and the lifestyles of, of everyone around you. Right. There'd be some, I think I just, I sense that there's tension. Like when, when Alex Kirilov a couple times in his like second or third major league game, like he'd hit a fly ball to deep outfield and he'd walk back to the dugout. And I'm thinking, Oh, ordinarily a young, good player makes good contact and just misses a home run. There'd be six or seven guys waiting for him in the dugout to give him high fives and to say, Hey dude, you're on it. It's all good. Like, you got this, and he just walks in the dugout and no one's paying any attention, stuff like that, where there's, there's just no life. There's no, and I get that some of that stuff's hard to quantify, but it just it feels like something is off, and you've been saying it for a while here with this team, and it's going to take the manager to turn that thing around. It, I don't buy that this team is all in, cohesive, they're all on the same page, and they're just getting unlucky. Right. I don't buy that. I'm with you. I don't think they're just getting unlucky. I think it goes beyond just like getting off to a bad start and being unlucky, and it's up to the manager to help navigate the group through the choppy, turbulent waters. And 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 I don't know that he's had to do that ever in his career. Like he, this is the first time that we're going to find out. Can you get this group all on the same page, feeling good about itself, chemistry, everything, and win some series?
3: But then, but then the start the starting point for what you're saying is how do you bring in Colme last night like you're trying to get you're desperately trying to get him to feel good about himself and and just as importantly probably the team restore confidence with the team in him and as far as i'm concerned because he can't throw strikes you put him in a position to solidly fail why would you do that like he's not a du- Rocco's not dumb. He didn't just get dumb. That's what I don't get about this.
4: And especially on back to back days, especially on back to back days too. Like he pitched the night before, so he's already kind of he threw and he threw a boatload of pitches the night before. And guys, like, look, and I, I, I'm not trying to, I'm splitting hairs a little bit. Like Randy Dobnak hasn't pitched in five days. Like he, he hasn't thrown a ball in five days. It is a one run game. Yeah. I get it. You're still within reach, but wouldn't you want to go to someone who's more fresh and someone who hasn't been just just threw a bunch of pitches the night before and completely melted down? He went 20 plus innings without even allowing a ball in play. I mean, I know, and the umpire was a disaster in Cleveland all series. All the umps have been especially bad this year, I feel like, even worse than normal. But he didn't even put a ball in play. He couldn't find the zone at all. And he puts his shoulders up on the one he walks in, like, what? come on. It's like, dude, no. Like, you, you deserved what you got right there. It was bad.
2: Uh, point of clarification. He actually didn't throw any pitches really on April twenty sixth because the game ended uh, so quickly. He gave he he threw three pitches the night before. Oh, two nights ago, yeah. Because it because it was bang, it was or yeah. Two nights ago, it was bang bang, and, and not that. But I'm with Declan. He came out, he pitched, he imploded again, even though he only threw three pitches. And then the manager comes out right before last night's game and says, "All right, we're going to scale this dude back. He's not going to pitch in these types of games anymore." So in Rocco's mind. Is a one-run game in the eighth inning a low-leverage situation because it's the bottom of Cleveland's order? I mean, what are you doing? Right. R- Colome shouldn't pitch for like three days after what happened two nights ago. Right. And, and the next time he pitches, it should be a seven-to-one game. Yes. That's that's what he should be early, doing. And then if early, preferably.
3: Yeah. Not the ninth. Yeah. Not <laughs> the eighth. Earlier than that. Yeah. That's what I don't get. And and the Colome thing to me, guys, is very weird because of this as well. I still can't get past as bad as the whole thing against the A's was a week ago Wednesday. I can't get past the fact that he was allowed to throw forty nine pitches. That is so on Rocco, like that over is two, over two innings, yeah, struggling, I mean,
2: nibbling. Yeah.
3: I would love, I would love to sit down with Rocco and get the honest thought process and explanation for how, like you, dude, you run to the mound to lift guys who have thrown starters who have thrown 85 pitches and you know what i might not agree with that but that's sort of who you are so like i mm-hmm. i don't agree with it but i get it but how is alex Colomay throwing 49 pitches
2: one thing too because i know i i got this i was tweeting about Colomay yesterday and and a couple people were like why does it, i mean they were down by they needed to score runs to win the game anyways and they didn't so why why are you even talking about Colomay? because this all goes back to process. What, you know, what, what are they thinking? What are they doing? What is what buttons is Rocco pushing? Two things. Number one, it's a lot easier to win a game when you're only down by a one going into the last inning as opposed to three. And so your your goal, just because you're trailing by one run or trailing by any number of runs doesn't mean that you're punting, right? Like your your goal in that spot is to is to keep it a one run game so that one of your thumpers can hit a ball over the fence and send the game to extra innings. Yeah. So so putting out your most uh, beleaguered reliever in that spot is asking for a crooked number to pop up on the board, and now the game's even more out of reach. And then number two, it's just I, I'm looking for things that make sense when it comes to Rocco and the management of the team and the lineups and the roster. And there's just been a lot of things that don't make sense. And I th- sometimes I think we're too hard on managers and bullpen decisions because there's a lot that goes into it. You're trying to manage over the course of 162 games, uh, and so there's going to be guys that you might rest on a certain day, or you know, late in the season you might run a guy out there for back-to-back games or something. There's just there's there's a there's some stuff that they know that we don't that you have to take into consideration. But sure. what everybody knows is that Alex Calame is garbage right now. Yes and should not be pitching in a one-run game in the eighth. And so why is he? I can see if it's the 15th inning and he's your last guy. All right, got to run Columet back out there. But right now, to put him out there in a one-run game in the eighth is borderline fireable. Borderline
3: fireable. It doesn't make any sense. So I've got one more thing, too. And and this goes above Rocco to, to Falvey, Levine, and a favorite word of mine, hubris, okay? Do you know how we all said, this bullpen thing seems a bit odd right now. This bullpen thing. Tyler Clippard, See you later. It's been a fun year. Who, by the way, I really liked. Like, he wasn't great, but I really liked him. And I thought he was um, a stabilizing force out there. Mm -hmm. Whistler. You guys did a hell of a job with Whistler. Nice job. I mean, I'm sure he's coming back, right? No, hell no. He's gone, too. Now, may I get... Because he got paid, okay? May I get... And yeah, he got and paid a lot of money, yeah. and Romo to me, was a shelf life guy, yep, but but, okay, so May gets paid, Sergio's gone, all right, I get that, but you know what, Phil, bringing back Whistler and Clippard would not have been that that tough, and just to be like, yeah, oh, those guys were fine, but we we can replace them. It strikes me as a hubris about your ability to find pitching. When you've done a really good job, I thought of chemistry out there for the most part and of finding pitchers in your bullpen. And now you're just like, well, we'll just get more. I mean, you can't go to a, a, a uh, garage sale and find arms. And it's almost like that they think that they can. And, and I think that's a problem, too.
2: I hear your point. I will say on both uh, Matt Whistler and Tyler Clippard, those guys would not be helping the Twins. Clippard's out with a sprained right shoulder since the middle of spring training. Mm-hmm. And Matt Whistler has given up nine earned runs and in eight innings for the Giants so far this year. So those guys, I I, I hear your but broader the, point. Yeah, but yeah. My
3: broader point is they found something there and did a, did a really nice job. And then they're just like, we'll replace them.
2: We can kind of do it again with anybody. Yeah, and I don't think a, that's
3: probably true yeah
2: I think there's another discussion. Maybe we can do this on on Talking Twins tomorrow, but I think there 's another discussion to be had about they 've been here for a handful of years and they 've and by and large, this front office has turned this franchise into a regular season winner and I think this current team is going to bounce back. <clears throat> whether they can make up all the ground and make the playoffs remains to be seen mm-hmm. But where is the young nucleus there's a smattering of it right there 's Byron Buxton. And Luis Ariz has been good, but like, and I don't know the Buxton's up and down the roster. Don't. Where is the nucleus here that that has been like even like on the pitching side? Most of their pitching, like besides Jose Barrios, it's all outside veteran acquisitions. Yeah, right? I mean the rest of the rotation is, you could say Tyler Duffy, Taylor Rogers, but it's 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 interesting the roster makeup. Let's save that conversation for tomorrow, sure. though because we got we got to run here and uh, talk to Patrick Roycey, and also get to our Purple Daily show for the day, too, which you can check out, Daily Vikings Entertainment, Purple Daily Podcast, and Purple Daily YouTube channel, where we will be live during the draft, the first round, tomorrow night. Check us out. Uh, we thank you, however you consume us. If you're looking for the best possible ways, all of our content available in one central hub on Scornorth.com. And the Score North app, which is free to download. See you guys tomorrow.
1: Shopping for the holidays on Instacart and paying with Klarna means you can get gifts delivered in as fast as an hour and spread the payments over time which could come in handy if you find out everyone's bringing gifts to a holiday party, even though the invitation said no gifts. I mean, why even bother to say no gifts if you don't mean it, Jennifer? Shop over 900 retailers on Instacart. Pay overtime with Klarna. New Instacart customers get $25 off $100 or more when you pay with Klarna using code Klarna25. Download the Instacart app and start shopping. Terms apply. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you.